reminded me. Uh, so we're, I guess we're we're getting live right now as we speak, and um, and uh, we had to cancel our previous uh, art cafe with John Park. He had some emergency to take care of, uh, but I had Eflin, uh, uh scheduled for this week, so you guys are not going to miss out on anything this week. So that's great. Uh, hopefully in the future we'll get some more, uh, maybe twice a week or, or something like that. It's just you know the only thing is time constraints that are preventing We're me from getting live know, putting more and more getting time live right now. into this. However, let's get to the subject. We have uh, Athlim, uh, and yeah, dude, welcome <laughs> and fun having you. Yeah, I, I think thanks, thanks I've noticed your work. I think first time on Art Cafe. Uh, sorry, not Art Cafe. What the fuck. <laughs> Everywhere is art, so art station. Uh, that's where I've seen your work first time. Uh, and we spoke, I think, a few times on, on Facebook. And and then, you know, Andre, Louise, uh, mentioned your name uh, during the during the, uh, one of the last uh, art cafes. I was like, hmm, I should get you in. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I do, I, I really love your art, you know, it, it looks really Thanks, good. Thanks, man. Uh, and... As soon as you told me how old you are, I was like, okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, and it's great, dude. Um, so I wanted to maybe start with, like, just maybe you could introduce yourself a little bit, like, tell, tell us a little bit about, a little more about yourself, like, who you are, where you're from, and, and all that. So, yeah, sure. Let's, let's do it. Uh, so, hi, everyone. My name is uh, Eflamme Mercier. Uh, I'm a French artist. Uh, Right now, doing some freelance during the summer, and I started in like uh, 2010, 2011. I actually started with 3D, and like branched over to painting. And now I'm getting back to drawing, so I'm doing all in reverse. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 awesome. I, that's that's the way I started too. Like oh, my, nice. my first uh, encounter with uh, with digital art was was with 3ds Max. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was Blender. Yeah. Oh, Blender. Yeah. I really like Blender. I never. Oh, I it's get so to, good. Uh, I've never it's get to pass the UI hurdle, you know. Yeah, the UI is so <laughs> confusing. Like there is a whole debate about wh why do we need to select with the right mouse button. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of yeah. crazy. That's yeah. when you get like you know, like let's be original, but for what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why would why do you don't need to be that original, dude? Just keep yeah. some, some functionality there. Like it's I'm a sure, bit like ZBrush. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I, I'm sure it's pretty powerful, but yeah. Like I've, from what I've seen, a lot of people are doing amazing work with it. It's pretty powerful stuff. The, but, um, the only big limitation I have is a render engine, but that's that's changing because like uh, right now, like third party uh, render engine, I started to getting integrated. So that's cool. Which engine? Um, Octane, Corona. Oh. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Octane is great. I jumped. Yeah. I, I've hopped in Oct on Octane uh, just recently. Oh, um, you should also try Corona on 3ds Max. Yeah, I might. I I, I might try it. I, I do use uh, V-Ray mostly for in 3ds Max. Oh, you will like Corona. <laughs> um, so I figure, like you know, it's, I already get pretty good results for yeah. my professional work with V-Ray. I actually started jumping into uh, GPU rendering recently a little more. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of power, especially, you know, I have all those uh, GTX Titans laying around here. 
I don't know You're why. Just laying around. Yeah, I just I just bought like a bulk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why I'm wasting money on this? You know, and uh, well, at least and I can I can use it right now. It's funny because like it, when when I'm rendering Octane and all of them are running at the same time, my room turns to sauna. Oh yeah, so. <laughs> yeah me too. <laughs> it's like uh, I finish rendering. It's like I'm sweaty. Yeah, yeah, like I'm doing a workout, not, not my computer. <laughs> I know, I know the feels. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so you started with 3D, right? And then, yeah. uh, what made you? I mean, I was drawing like every every kid, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I, I, but, I, that seems to be like a, like a connecting point to a lot of artists. Yeah, everyone not all of them, but do, a lot of them, right? Doodles, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've been drawing as a kid, like I, yeah, it's fucking. See, I, I don't know. There's something about. Picking guests that kind of align with what I've been through. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, there's like a lot of similarities. It's great. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, so so you, so you're 19 years old, which is which is like okay, you're very young, and your mm -hmm. art is already looking fantastic. Uh, Thanks, I might just. Uh, show this on the screen for those who haven't seen Eflin's work. I love this piece, it's very dynamic. Uh, which uh, one? I can see. Um, it's the dragons flying. Oh yeah, thanks. Like, I think there's like two people falling down or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> cool uh, while yours. <laughs> yeah, it's really good, dude. It's it's really nicely executed. And your sketching and colors are very good. Uh, you know, you're obviously learning and, and there's... Uh, a lot of things ahead of you, but you know the progress that you've made over. You said you started 2010, so it's it's. Yeah, I mean, uh, like seriously, uh, starting really seriously, it's like 2012, basically. Yeah, so in in three years, uh, yeah. uh, you went from the noob noob level. <laughs> yeah. To I mean, pretty, pretty much pretty much last year was was total noob level. I wasn't even you know they didn't even wanted me in a in an internship. Right. But that changes, right? Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of funny. Like I've, that's one thing I've noticed about a lot of studios, you know, uh, where you know they they obviously it, it, it's it's the limitation of how studios uh, work is that they only judge you from your portfolio, really. Yeah. Uh, it, it's hard for them to to kind of like. Uh, uh, Evaluate your progress, right? See yeah. where you're coming from and how how fast you're learning, and and where is your work going to, right? And yeah, if, totally. You know, if I, I guess it would be nice to have, like, to have studios to overlook like careers. I, I don't know if yeah, where you are, where you were, and yeah. where you could be. Yeah, it would be much easier, right? But yeah, that's something we could wish for. Um, yeah. A lot of stuff to wish for in this industry. <laughs> it's pretty awesome, but there is like some stuff. It's like, <laughs> I know, right? So, but but yeah. So you started 2012, like going to, into yeah. really seriously, and obviously, uh, in the last three years, is it's been a, a tremendous progress. Uh, I, I wonder what was your uh, approach to it? You know, like how did you? Uh, how did you do it, man? What was the what was the magic thing you've, you've made? Like, what was what was the trick? Tell us the success story. All right, hey, let's, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so I think that for me, the the, the main thing is I, I did everything. Like uh, it's kind of 
Maybe it's like my best weakness and strength at the same time. It's like I really wanted to do everything, and I still cannot experiment with everything. Right. And that's that gives like me I think like a, a broader understanding. Maybe not as much in depth as it should be, but still like every single component, like free uh, using photography and understanding like exposure, lighting, mm-hmm. uh, this kind of stuff, and like mixing it together. And actually, like, I've learned every single thing uh, separately at first. So, like, I started with 3D and doing only 3D. And when I was doing 3D work, I was doing only 3D. And then with uh, speed painting, I did speed painting, but I didn't use any photo or 3D in it. And I did photography on the side and also drawing. And only it's only been this year that I've understood, oh, you you can render something in 3D and then paint over and then add textures. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's a revelation, so, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah. that easy thing is so easy yeah. that I overlooked it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and so, um, what you're trying to say, you didn't pixel paint everything from scratch without references, right? That's what you're yeah. saying? That blasphemy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so. I guess it's uh, from from what you're saying. I can I can sort of de- de- deduct that you've been working your ass off pretty much over the last oh, yeah, yeah. three years. Uh, like um, oh, like only only two or three years ago, uh, I could actually uh, you know work a lot because before I was in a how do you say uh, a dormitory or something mm-hmm. where you spend the week in the school actually. Right. I was in high school and I was doing a. Industrial design high school, and I was spending the whole week uh, only working on assignments and I don't know, like just just thinking about stuff and reading stuff on visual effects. And but I, I actually I, I could only work on the weekends, so okay. I was I was doing uh, like for, uh, fourteen hours or like twelve hours uh, per day uh, on weekends, and then I was going I was going back to school for the week and. The trick is like I, I did every walk uh, during the week so I could uh, walk on 3D because I didn't have any computer basically at the, uh-huh. <laughs> at the dormitory. So I had to finish all my school work so I could have like the whole weekend for my learning. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But, That's awesome. Uh, but only, only, uh, only like two or three years ago I could walk like full time on it. Right. So you you were still in school when you started uh, like going really serious over the last. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much yeah. So it was like I did huge time management, I guess. Yeah, after ju- just after um, going to high school, after finishing high school, I uh, went to 3D animation school, but that was like a super terrible experience. So I won't even mention the name of the school. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, and. Um, Basically, I learned everything at night. <laughs> yeah, I was doing like all nighters, and I was—I think I went like super crazy when I, when I look back at it. I was like, no, I couldn't do it anymore today. Like it's—it was so crazy. Basically, yeah, I had, yeah, I had a, a, a list. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had I had like a list of video tutorials, and I was I was watching them uh, all uh, in uh, at uh, twice the speed. <laughs> wow, what the fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> even know why I did that. And I was like buying and downloading everything, uh, like from FX PhD, uh, this kind of stuff, and like just 
like speed fun. speed reading for everything. <laughs> speed 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 learning. Yeah, That's speed learning. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I guess it's just you know the energy that because you you must have been inspired to do that. You know, like, yeah. Uh, there there must have been a spark for you to say like hell yeah I want to be an artist. Oh yeah. And yeah. um, and you have you you probably have seen the benefits of that of doing that. Um. What I'm, what I've been recently trying to almost preach is, you know, everyone, pretty much everyone can be an artist. It's just a matter of being consistent and and, and painting yeah. every day. And also, um, like, yeah, I, I would say like being, um, you know, enjoying the curiosity, you know, being yeah. like, curious about stuff, like trying to figure out everything, thinking, like just just looking at the world and and like like making a relation, like, oh, that's how shadows work. That's how like Fresnel angle. Uh, induce a reflection, you know, the reflectivity of stuff and yeah, you know, all this kind of stuff. Well, that's why the sky is blue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Observing, uh, observing the world is is really important. It kind of gives you a perspective of like what things really look like because it's yeah. they are real. Um, yeah, and also you can say. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no just uh, continue. Okay. No, I was I was about to say. Uh, like also like the difference between the real world and the limitation of capture of photography or video, like that's a huge one. Yeah. How many times you you've been like looking at like something amazing, maybe like a sunset or or um or some you know so beautiful landscape and and you capture a photo and like what is this bullshit? <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah. That, that's what you shoot in like raw. That's what you shoot in raw. <laughs> Yeah, because then you can sort of recall from memory what it looked yeah, like. Exactly, like to try color grade, color yeah, exactly. Like grade from memory. Yeah, yeah that's true. I've yeah, been, I've, I've read, been a, I've read the same thing. Yeah, I've I've read a book on the on the subject that, that I really recommend on, for anything. It's called uh, the Color Correction Handbook from mm -hmm. uh, Alexis Van Herkman. And it's basically a guy. He goes about like every single thing for color grading for cinema, and. He's going really into like the art and science, and really deep into the art and deep into the science, and that's like something I really enjoy reading. Like this type of thinking, it's really super cool. It really speaks to me. Like uh, for example, he was explaining uh, like the difference between like the real world we see mm -hmm. and the way our brain like stores the image. So we we always remember the things completely different from what they actually are. Like in a film, for example, a banana. If you just show it like it is, people will say, "Oh, it's like it's dull. It's super dull, you know. It's right. not saturated enough. It should be more bright and more saturated." Even though like, it shouldn't, right? <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't because it isn't. If you if yeah. you actually like give the guy who is saying that a banana, he was like, "Oh, oh I was wrong. Yeah, that's right. That's a banana." <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah, I guess it might be just because you know. Um, uh, saturated images and contrasty images generally attract your eye, yeah. and and whenever you you look at media, they they use it in uh, you know advertising to kind of get you, yeah, you know get yeah. you more grab attention, yeah. yeah, grab attention and get you hooked with, with whatever you want to get you hooked with, so like and because you know majority of time these days we 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 spend in front of our screens or looking at the phone. So we kind of lose perspective of what things really look like, and yeah. you know everything seems to be so saturated, and yeah. and yeah, it's just like ex expectations of saturation. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's funny, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean I've been victim of this myself. It's like, wait a minute, 
this this doesn't look right. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, it actually does, you know? Yeah. Um, so we, we're going to like organically went to, uh, uh, to a topic that I wanted to talk with you. And um, Andrew, you could recall who, uh, who was... Uh, uh, who was um, um, who was the order of the of the topic from oh yeah i have it here on the live stream it was austin what are you talking about lighting yeah so i don't i don't see the live stream right now so if you could read it out yeah austin was saying um he wants to hear about hardcore nitty-gritty rendering talk <clears throat> and how <laughs> light works with materials and how you guys go about thinking tackling these problems when painting so Let's jump onto that. Like we we're actually already discussing it, and like what yeah. what our our eyes are uh, expecting to see, and um, you know what what uh, how it's affecting your work. Um, I maybe we'll start with my like quick experience with with this topic. Um, I I used to always struggle with you know color and finding the right the right color for everything. And finding the right lighting, I felt my like, especially in the beginning of my work, I've never felt to be doing work that is realistic enough. And I always admired like matte painters and and everyone for you know producing like really realistic work. And I was like, how the hell I'm going to achieve that? And the most profound profound uh, uh, experience I had was uh, was it this Norman DVD. I can't remember the outer outer, but the the, the title was uh, uh, Practical Color and Light. Oh, it's uh, Jeremy Vickery from yeah. Pixar. There you go. And I started I started looking at it and, and watching it, and I was like, this guy is saying everything I already know, <laughs> but I never think of. And yeah. that was like a big, you know, big change for me. Like. Damn, the most the most important things are also the the easiest things that we tend to forget, you know. Uh, yeah. And that was like the the biggest change. I, I I wonder like what gets you started into like looking into uh, you know realistic uh, approach to render, realistic approach to like painting and, and all that, and you know light in general, because light and materials, by the way, are for me are one and the same, you know. If you think about light in the physical, uh, physically, like how it, how it really works in, in the real world, uh, it's you know it's the properties of material that pretty much do reflect the light. Yeah, reflect. Which are which are pretty much just waves. And yeah. Um, so I'm just curious, you know, like what, how you approach this topic, and it's it's pretty funny because I actually started with the Jeremy Vickery uh, Norman DVD too. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh, very funny. People. Go, yeah. and, go and get it. It's awesome. And, but uh, like right now, another one I would recommend that is pretty similar uh, as uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Vickery and a bit more in-depth uh, is uh, Schoolism uh, Lighting with uh, Sam Nielsen. Oh, okay. Lighting Fundamentals of Sam Nielsen. He's, he's pretty hardcore into the nitty-gritty of rendering like like you know, like the scattering of clouds, like what type of scattering dependent on you know the angle of the atoms is he's pretty in depth. <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. And I was I was watching that, and I was like you know feeling a sort of joy. And I, I guess you know that's like the best way to learn when you you just watch the video and you're like oh my god oh my god oh my god this is it. <laughs> you know you're, yeah. you're really like integrating it and. Uh, 
yeah, that, that, that was pretty cool. Um, but also another thing that uh, really helped me is um, going more into like the cinematography side of lighting because uh, I, I think it's simple if, if we take like lighting and break it into two parts, which uh -huh. is like the science, the, the logic and you know uh, physics of, of lighting, the way it behaves. And on the other side, like the art, like how you use it for composition, how you use it for story, where you place the lights, etc. That's cool. I gotta have to check it out. Um, we'll probably get it listed uh, uh, after we finish this podcast. Try to get those uh, titles listed under the podcast itself. Yeah. Uh, um, because I, yeah, I, I want to check them myself. You know, it's hard yeah. for me to to even comment, but. You know, I, I I need to check it if you're recommending and and for and for the art part, uh, there is another one which is um, lighting uh, with uh, Nathan Fox from oh uh, Nathan Fox, Nathan yeah. Fox, yeah. I, I met him at DreamWorks back in 2012. Uh, he's such a great artist. Yeah, he's so good. Such such an inspiration. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember I. I worked with him briefly, not not directly, but indirectly. He used he was on the same project with me with uh, Digital Domain for mm -hmm. for a little while. So I've seen like his work coming in every now and then, and it was just like holy, holy moly! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was yeah. amazing, and I always admired his work because he's just like one of those really prolific and and really talented and and yeah, you know, and he, he has individuals. like the. He has the craziest art habit ever. <laughs> yeah, tell one me about day, it. One gouache painting. <laughs> or two, I think two gouache paintings. Well, there you go. I should invite him to an uh, art cafe group. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be rad if he could be there. But, you know, it's, 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 I, it's for, for people that really want to do it and really like, feel like they want to be part of it. I, I don't want to yeah. force uh, this on anyone. And also, like sometimes it's hard to get you know the old school cool guys. <laughs> yeah, old school cool guys. Yeah, that's true. So you you pretty much has ver you have very similar approach to the light itself as I do. You take it as almost like scientific and and rendering sort of yeah. like three D three like, engine uh, render. Totally three right? D engine like uh, path tracing. Yeah. Yeah. Engine. Exactly. Yeah. I always think like when I when I when I paint, um, I always think like you know direct light and yeah. glossiness and specularity. Like light, actually, yeah. I I even stopped thinking about specularity because specularity itself is yeah, it's reflection. Yeah, <laughs> it's just reflection. Yeah, like and Fresnel angles and exactly. the sun and the index of refraction and that that kind of stuff. It's uh, it's it's probably. I mean, if you if you really want to be like accurate with your lighting yeah it's probably the best and, and the yeah i think it's the best to digest way. right because yeah. and because yeah like once you have it well then you just need to concentrate on the art like yeah you, you can't go wrong with the actual science like and i mean it won't be like super 100 percent precise but still it will be like realistic enough most of the time that's true and and it kind of gives you sort of the base that you might be lacking otherwise uh, you always might think like, what am I going to do to in order to get this light to look, uh, you know, proper? And uh, I figured, you know, once you know how render engines work in 3D, 
Yeah, uh, they're already like very accurate in terms of how they calculate uh, light, especially yeah. uh, unbiased uh, render engines yeah, like Ray and and Octane. Uh, they give you like a good set of uh, uh, like principles to sort of follow. You know, like when you when you think about the material of uh, you think about material materials in your scene in general, you. you that's like, like a good indication of what you're supposed to do. For instance, um, when you want to have uh, metal, right? Then yeah. one thing you'll think about is what makes metal a metal, um, and then you'll start. Yeah, it, it means those. zero diffuse. Exactly right. It's there is no yeah. diffuse unless it's scratched and there is underlying, yeah. so, uh, yeah. uh, you know, different material or it's painted, which which would have the diffuse. Then you know metal is going to be you know pretty much just reflections and yeah. differences in glossiness, that, which will yeah. create the blotches and and like you know so this, this, yeah, scratches and whatnot. Weathering, yeah, yeah. But and also, it's it's funny because it's from this logic you can tell. Okay, so there is no diffuse, so therefore there is no shadow on metal. Like on a pure chrome, there is like no shadows because it's all reflective. Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty cool. You can extrapolate logic out yeah, of these exactly, buildings. right? Yeah. Yeah, like you never you would never think about it like, whoa, wait, what are you talking about? No shadow? What the hell? <laughs> Everything has shadows. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well. Metals, yeah, metals uh because of the the way they reflect, you know, uh and the way the way uh if there's no diffuse uh aspect to it, there's you know, there is no shadow, but most of the time, you know, realistic materials will have diffuse because yeah. the scratches or the the oily sort of you know dirt on the on the metal or yeah. you know or anything that just makes the surface imperfect will actually create the illusion of uh, will create the not 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 an illusion. Uh, it will create. Um, uh, you know, difference in glossiness and and, and scattering, right? So the light yeah. scatters. Uh, it, it's not reflecting like each ray of light is not being yeah. reflected as just singular like, ray. Uh, it's re it's scattered into uh, hundreds of small smaller rays, and yeah, exactly. those create different bounce lights and all that. So that that but that by itself is already creating sort of the diffuse or surface becoming diffuse enough to actually start catching shadows. Um, it's a very technical way of thinking, but yeah. I, you know, from experience, it's just like it just helped me a lot, you know, because it, it gives you freedom. Exactly, like in the beginning, you think about it, and you're like, God damn it! Like if I was supposed to analyze everything in the scene, you know, then it would just take me forever to paint everything. Yeah, but you don't have to. Like that's why you have references, uh, and you know, you can help yourself with references, but. Maybe when you're painting, each time you're painting something, maybe each painting that you're doing, uh, focus on that one material, like like very one material that you want to study, and and just focus on that one thing, and look into like properties of that material. You know, like how it reacts to lighting, how much lighting gets absorbed, how much light, how much of the light gets actually uh, reflected if there is any uh, subsurface scattering. You know uh, what are the, the properties of the re reflection? You know, actually, yeah. color color itself it's just it is reflection. It's yeah. not it's not the property of like, like the color is just reflection. It's just how 
the light is getting scattered. So like if something is red, that means the red uh, uh, red wavelengths are going to be more uh, visible or, or, or more persistent than uh, or less absorbed than uh, blue or green uh, oh, yeah. wavelengths. Yeah. So like you could, you could go like really deep into technical aspects of it, yeah. but if you start thinking like on reflections and the glossiness, like those two two things, like glossiness. You can, yeah, you can already do a lot of stuff with that. Pretty much majority of your lighting, right? Yeah. Um, also, like a crazy thing is like the, I, I gave a lecture on the lighting actually in the Zagreb uh, a few months back. And I, I made a test image, like in uh, Arnold, I rendered in Arnold, with uh, three spheres uh, of a pure color, you know, like a pure blue, mm -hmm. pure uh, red, and pure green. And each one uh, I illuminated with a light, each time of a pure color, you know. And that's like, when people uh, told me about that lecture, they said, oh my god, I, I didn't thought it was, you know, this crazy, which, which is like the... All the spheres were completely black, except the sphere corresponding to the to the color of the light. You know, mm -hmm. so for example, on the red light, the blue and the green were totally black, like a hundred percent black, because yeah. they weren't like illuminated by any wavelength uh, of their own. So yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. And uh, apart from materials, like how how do you so, so apart from just getting like into very technical uh, approach, yeah, like, like that, that's the science, yeah. Yeah, that's the science. Like it's good to know it, and it's uh, granted. Like for for everyone else, like who's not already you know using that method of thinking when they're creating light in their uh, paintings, uh, you know, probably the best way to start and the best way to uh, approach it uh, from you know just to not get overwhelmed with you know the amount of knowledge that you have to absorb. Would be just start with like small increments, you know. Uh, so let's say you you work again, like you work the way you work, and then one thing you start to think about is reflections and how they're going to be different. How reflections going to look differently from metal, uh, plastic, and like I don't know, rock or organic surfaces, and just like start paying attention with your paintings into that, not like going crippled like oh shit I have to go through all the materials right now and, and see what the hell is going on but just pay attention right like when you when you pull out photo references and you look at surfaces you can clearly see which is more reflective and which isn't and just by paying attention how those reflections react you know like how curvature of the object is reflecting and what is what, what the reflection look like how much of the reflection is being made depending on like which surface right once you start paying attention into this, like you can implement it into your workflow and just do it like every from now on every painting you're you're paying attention to that. And eventually over time you stop paying attention because it just becomes your habit. Like Yeah, autopilot. Yeah, <laughs> autopilot, right? Yeah. Um, and then you can of, a lot of habits. Your... A lot of habits being thrown uh, recently. <laughs> um <laughs> But that's that's the, that's the way it works, you know. Like it's just the small things uh, that you do every day or every painting that eventually just become so automatic for you that you you don't have to pay attention to them anymore. It's like driving a car, right? First time you drive a car, you're freaking out because there's a gust, there's a clutch, there's a stick, there's a, 
there's you know like indicators and and it's a it's a machine that get you, can get you killed if you're if you're not you know paying attention. So you're like freaking out and when you're learning. But every time you're behind the wheel, like every next time, you're becoming more and more confident, and eventually, and eventually, you become one of those idiots who who drives and texts, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's so automatic for you. You know, it becomes like it becomes this thing like walking, uh, which I'm not trying to say you should be thinking that way when you're driving a car. You should fucking pay attention, <laughs> especially if you live in LA. Um, I don't have a car yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, so that's like this approach will will help you to get like step by step by step, and like start introducing more stuff. Like you know, once you think about reflections, think about glossiness. So that means how sharp the reflection is going to be, or how blurry the reflection is going to be. And now, if the reflection uh, glossiness is going to change depending on. Uh, like if the if the material is coated with something, or maybe it's, there's a dirt layer, like uh, dust or scratches or or some kind of like oily, you know, like fingerprints. Those will change uh, the the glossiness uh, properties of 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 specific areas of uh, of the material, you know. So once you start thinking about it, then you know all of a sudden you realize that almost every surface that you see with your eyes is somewhat reflective. Like if yeah. you look at the walls, like your regular walls, right? And you think like, well, it's, it, I don't see any reflections. I cannot see it. Uh, my, I cannot yeah, see it's myself. It's just microfaceted. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I cannot see myself when I'm looking at the wall. It's not a mirror. Obviously it's not, but <laughs> you know, it does have the Fresnel effect. And the Fresnel effect is yeah. uh, it's pretty much uh, the idea that uh, depending on the angle, uh, on which you look at the object surface, the reflectivity uh, properties changes, right? So if you look straight uh, onto the object, it's going to have like zero reflections. And the more you look uh, in the angle, uh, it, it will reflect more and more and more. And it, pretty much every material has a Fresnel. Uh, water properties. is really obvious. Yeah, water is great because, like, if you look straight down the water, it's it's pretty much transparent unless it's fucking dirty. Um, <laughs> but if you look like towards the horizon, it's, it will reflect everything, you know. Like, especially it's it's especially visible when you look at the lake that's pretty quiet. It's almost like a like a mirror surface, you know. Yeah. Um, so water is a great example of how Fresnel effects work, or even like when you look at the look at the buildings, you know, glass. Glass yeah. is a great example too. Like when you look directly at the glass, it's transparent, but look at the glass uh, in the angle, and you will see it actually reflects. And the same thing with the wall. Like you look at the wall straight up, it's just a wall. But when you look at look at it from the angle, it's going to be very slight diffuse reflection of the light that is hitting it. You know? Yeah. So it, like a blurry. Yeah. Exactly right. And so you realize that, and all of a sudden, you look at your painting like. I've never thought about it that everything should be having some kind of reflection properties. And that changes a lot. You yeah, know? so much. That's that's like huge change. That also, one small thing. Yeah, sure. No, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was I was about to say and um and then you're not so much uh reliant on the reference actually. Right. Yeah, that's that, true. that's a huge thing because there is some stuff like 
that if you want to paint, for example, you want to paint like a transparent uh, alien, you know, with translucent green skin. You know, there is no reference for that. There is, like, yeah, or, or like they would, would, you know, take you like a good 20, 30 minutes to find the actual thing that looks like that. Exactly. But, like, if you understand the science, you can just, you know, try to think about the material and just paint it. And, you know, if you think deep enough, it can totally work and you can figure the right values. Yeah, you can help yourself too. Like even even if you're like not, yeah, if, with 3D or if, you know, you can find uh, different sort of uh, objects that have similar properties. But you'll understand that because they have similar properties, few edits of a texture can get you desired results, right? Yeah. So like you can take uh, glass uh, texture and make it metal if you know how the properties of reflections work. And you know that maybe the part that is really not affected by Fresnel when you look straight up should be more diffused, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, yeah, that's one way of approaching it. Well, what's the other ways you're, you're thinking about lighting, apart from like very scientific approach? Um, yeah, what I was about to say is that like, once you get the science, the logic figured down, you can like free yourself and then think about the arts. Like, and w the way I do it is almost like a, Sometimes I manipulate the materials properties, exchange the material properties so they work better in the composition. So, for example, I have like a, a justification for every every single highlights almost that I put in my painting. I know like on a material basis like why it's there. But so yeah. you know I can like um, sort of place virtual lights in my mind so they hit the model uh, or the the character or the anything I'm painting. Just in the in the right place, but still having uh, like a relevance. But it's it's a almost like a simpler way of thinking about it. Like you're not you're not thinking about oh maybe it's not the right value. Just thinking like did I get the logic right? And then like is the light placed at the right you know spot? Could it be like more interesting to have it and shape the object basically? Right. Yeah. Just like a like a cinematography approach. Like if you get if you see like interviews by really super crazy uh, intense uh, cinematographers, uh, they actually like can think in their head uh, like how they can uh, change a bunch of stuff to have exactly the right composition they want by changing like physical things like where they place their lights or sometimes even. Uh, spraying oil on the face of the actors to change the Fresnel. They actually do that. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's um, once you once you understand those principles, it's like every tool so sort of like all of a sudden there is it's opening doors for so many tools, right? Yeah. Yeah. So many like creative ways of uh, creating the desired effects. Like otherwise you wouldn't think about it because like you know like if you want to have this you know different Fresnel on the face of an actor, yeah, that's that's one of the better examples, right? What What is the way to do Put some oil. <laughs> yeah. And um, there is a resource I can recommend. Uh, it's a cinematographer called uh, Matthew Scott. Mm -hmm. uh, and he makes a blog where he does breakdowns of like famous film by uh, Quentin Tarantino, for example. He did uh, a cinematography breakdown of uh, Inglourious Bastard. And because the guy is a cinematographer, you understand exactly why they put something there, you know? And even there's a breakdown on oh, how the, the face of the actors are actually changing glossiness during the each shot to shot. And they are switching the lights 
What's the what's the website name? I, I think I know um, which one you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's a blog. I think it's like Flutie Newbie something. Uh, oh, that's a different one. Flutie Newbie. He's got one called Matt's Got Visuals, and it's a blog. Yeah. All about it. Yeah, I'll post it in the chat. All right, cool. Sounds good. Teamwork. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's great. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta have to check it out. I had uh, this blog uh, about cinematography, uh, similar, but I, I think it was discontinued at some point. I'm gonna have to check it out. Oh, is, isn't guest lighting? No, no, no. It was something okay. else. This, this one is cool too. Matt's got visuals. All right. Yeah. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I promise. Uh, all those links will be yeah will be uh, posted in the description later on in the video. So everyone who's uh, everyone who's uh, listening to this not live will, will have an opportunity to go through those links. It's uh, pretty informative uh, stuff. Um, yeah, like I, the reason I asked you like also like how you approach things is because um, you know I'm I'm interested like. How what's your take on like how do you how do you operate with references? I know uh, like we've discussed it a little bit already. It's just like as soon as you get those uh, bases of, of of your knowledge on how lights work, it's much easier than to uh, you know uh, not rely on references, especially when you're sketching. You know, yeah. Especially when you're trying to nail down like very specific things in the shortest amount of time. Um, but when you go into rendering, you know, unless you're, unless you're like doing it every day for for a long time, and that's the only thing you're doing, obviously you will rely, in some degree, on the references to get the, the most realistic results, you know. So I'm just yeah. curious how you approach it, you know, like, like what's, uh, what are you, you know, you go, uh, with your own photography or search uh, references online or you know anything oh, like yeah. that or. Um, so yeah, like first off, uh, I started photography uh, in now about like 2011, and I like, uh, like I just bought like a Canon camera, you know, that shoot like decent photography mm -hmm. and has like manual controls and manual lenses, so I could you know like really learn like what the aperture change, uh, you know, the photography, uh, you know, the look of the background of like the focused objects and blurred and and that kind of stuff. Uh, and also, like I took like tons of objects, tons of interesting uh, stuff, interesting stuff that I saw. I, I, I took pictures of them, so I'm like I don't know, like maybe a hundred gigabytes of photos to <laughs> to reference from, you know, usually from different travels and stuff. And apart from that, I really like I have like a constant reference research, like all the time, just Google. Googling stuff like every time I find like a, a cool picture that is like decent enough resolution and more importantly that is not filtered that's like super important uh, that yeah. the reference pictures you use doesn't have a filter on it. <laughs> it's and, very important, yeah, right? Yeah, and and by shooting your own photography, you can you can know like what is a good photo, what is a usable photo for reference. Exactly. Like once you start yeah. doing your own photography. Uh, whether you do it like a lot or, or not enough, uh, you at least know uh, like what are the results of that. Like you, your head still kind of remembers what it looked like in reality, but uh, you can and you can then tell like okay, this is obviously filtered, you know. Yeah. Like and also like a, a shenanigans uh, going on. 
Yeah, a big a big example of that uh, is um, Nathan Fox in the video. He was talking about that. He was uh, he was taking um, like an uh, an object and uh, firing like a super bright uh, red LED at it. Mm -hmm. And in the picture he took, the object was so brightly lit by the red light that it became uh, you know um, pink and then white. You know, you know how the you know the overexposure works in photography. Yeah, yeah. But then, if if you use that as a reference, it's not right. <laughs> Your penny no, is going to look super weird because that's not how life works. It's going to look like a badly exposed photography. Yeah, exposure is like key, and what what a lot of people don't realize, or maybe they do. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to judge. But when you look at photos, right? There's so many badly over or underexposed photos, and also like when you shoot in the daylight, for instance. Uh, uh, everything that is bright will just become way brighter, and everything that is dark, it will become much yeah, darker. It's like a dynamic range issue. Yeah. Like, good example is like whenever you want to shoot uh, a photo of someone against uh, the, the, the sunset, like your eyes adjust in a way that you will see that person's face, you will see the details of the face, and you will see the sunset behind him, right? Yeah. Uh, but when you shoot a photo, it's just a black shape, and then overexposed uh you know uh overexposed sunset or if even if you just adjust the exposure for the sunset itself then you will not see any detail on the person yes, whatsoever. The shadows, yeah. so the only way like in the photography to 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 tackle this problem would be to have artificial light yeah uh, like a reflector yeah. firing a flash yeah exactly and and that's artificial you know and yeah. that's the artificial, yeah, the artificial sort of help that you're trying to do for to in order to, for a photo to kind of look realistic, is actually make the photo look more real uh, as a photo than it, it is. You yeah, know? and th that's a big thing in uh, cinematography, um, because there, there there is like a bunch of um, like uh, movements of like uh, you know schools of cinematography, mm -hmm. like there is a um, you know, uh, for example, people that use these, uh, like the lights, uh, almost as an illustration thing. Uh, like, uh, it's a, you know, picturalist approach to lighting, which is like, they just want to create a mood. And right. they, it, it doesn't care for them if it's logical in the, in the scenes world, basically. And the other approach is to, uh, like, every light should have, a, like, a justification. So, yeah. like, for example, for example, one thing that happens in cinema is, imagine you have a guy at night uh, sitting at his desk, and there is, like, a desk lamp. Well, like, 90% of the time, it's not the desk lamp that actually uh, shoot light at the actor's face. Yeah. It's just a justification for shooting him a huge-ass, like, Fresnel uh, spotlight directly in his face so that the camera can, you know, record it. But if, if you would, like... Um, if you you would like not, I mean, only light with the practical uh, actual lamp in his desk, it would be like way too dim. You know? Yeah, that's true. Or unless you have like a really fast lens. Yeah. Um, but then again, your 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 issue is depth of field. Depth of field. Yeah, um, that's what the Kubrick did in uh, uh, Barry Lyndon. Yeah. I definitely recommend checking it out for the cinematography. I see you like Kubrick. Yeah, much respect, <laughs> much respect. My favorite director. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, it's it's you know, and it's true, and and it also like as as we were discussing it, it's just kind of everyone should kind of realize how important uh, knowing photography is because camera work itself can make or break your uh, image too, especially yeah, when you try framing for references. Uh, yeah, framing framing too, but. Imagine you you're trying to paint something with a lot of like perspective going on, right? Uh, or different fields like there's a lot of foreground, background, and midground, and you want to make it so it, it fits in terms of like how perspective works, and and you know you want to have some kind of storytelling and and whatnot. If you don't know what camera, like how camera works and how lenses work, what's there? What are differences between? wide and uh, and narrow lenses, you know, like a telephoto or, oh, yeah, or yeah. very wide or even fisheye, yeah. And like, what what is the actual, like, human eye, if it was a 50, right, or 40 millimeter equivalent um, of, uh, of a camera, it's, it's, it's kind of like... It's kind of hard to say, it's a widely debated subject. Yeah, yeah true. 50, but, if you take the viewfinder and put it in your eye, it doesn't crop. Uh, I mean... No, it doesn't zoom in or zoom out. But yeah, it, exactly. So that's it does you know, put a black frame around. Yeah, yeah. So your eye, if you would just put black frames around your head, so you only see you know a square or uh, you know almost. Yeah, like the perspective of the eye is yeah. like fifty millimeters. So then you have fifty millimeters. So photos that are fifty millimeters are going to be more natural to what your eyes are actually seeing. You know. Uh, but you know, camera cameras work differently. And for instance. Uh, one one way of using camera is to create mood, you know, and to create specific storytelling moments. So, for instance, uh, if you want to have like a nice establishing shot that is very calm and just kind of giving you an idea of what this is going to be about, uh, and it, there's no action going on, you want to use like very uh, long lenses, uh, very shallow sort of, you know, very long lenses like 100, 200 millimeters for like establishing like you know very horizontal sort of feel into into your lines, kind of creating this mood of, of uh, you know, quietness. Yeah, Whereas rest, if you use, exactly, when you're using, if you're using like very wide lenses, like 21 millimeters or even 14 millimeters, which is creating this very distorted perspectives, uh, all of a sudden you're introducing uh, uh, diagonal, yeah. diagonal yeah. Uh, lines in your, in your composition, which diagonal, usually creates tension, yeah, action, uh, movement, you know. Yeah. So it's like really important from that perspective. But also, which is the, I think most important, is uh, how when you choose photos, you, you, you don't, most of the people don't think about it, but you, you, you better choose photos that are done with the same lens. Because oh, if yeah. you start <laughs> mashing together, uh, you know, photos that are from different lenses, yeah. then your perspective is going to look. It's going yeah. to be so the, the, the simplest and most obvious ex uh, example of that, I think, is uh, you know when you have, uh, for example, a building that is uh, shot uh, pretty close, you know, street level and yeah. a wide angle, and you're trying to make it, place it into the uh, matte painting in the distance, and that, yeah. that happens to me all the time. You know, I find like a super cool building, but like there is no way to match it; that just doesn't work. Yeah, there's no way to put it in because your perspective yeah. is so different and it's just going to yeah, look so wrong. It's shot way too close. Like you're trying to match like something that was shot from like 12 meters to like a, a kilometers away. 
Exactly. Cool, man. Um, what do you think about getting some, some questions now? Yeah, sure, sure. Bring it in. Bring it on. <clears throat> All right. So Hayden asks, do you prefer to work in traditional or digital, and how important do you believe either is? <laughs> who, who asked that? Hayden. Eden? Uh, Hayden from the chat on YouTube. Okay, uh, telling him to <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, my, it's my buddy, Eden. <laughs> Next question. All right. Uh, what if it wasn't? What if it was the yeah, same name? Adam Hayden. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was thinking about it, but like, nah, nah. It's Eden. <laughs> nah, I think it is. Um, uh, maybe I'll just answer it. Just, because, just, yeah. just for everyone else, you know? Okay. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, I, I get you, dude. I, I totally get you. I'll do, I'll do the same thing. Um, <laughs> so traditional versus uh, digital, right? Right. Um, to be honest, I had this question uh, myself asked a couple of times just recently, uh, just because I'm, you know, posting uh, all of those sketches uh, these days. And my shortest answer to it is just do whatever you feel like you want to do. Seriously. The over last uh, ten years, uh, or, or almost like twelve years now of you know professional work, I came to real realiza realization of this very profound uh, thing: is no matter what techniques or tools you're using, or what you're learning, whether it's 3D, where it's Photoshop, learning new lighting techniques, or you know drawing with pencils, or or anything you can imagine. If you're not inspired by what you're doing, it's it's just not gonna work for you, you know? So I, I always think about, like I, these days I think about, obviously you need to learn, uh, you need to learn some things like perspective and, and foundations so you know at least, at least the basics, right? So that's kind of must, yeah. but everything above that is just your personal, uh, you know, your your personal drive uh, and your personal drive is more important than anything else like your your um, what inspires you is more important what inspires you at the very moment is more important and I, I will tell you why if it inspires you it means you're gonna put all your heart into what you're doing at the very moment if it doesn't inspire you then your productivity is gonna be way lower you know like drawing hundreds of hundreds of faces in a sketchbook will get you good at anatomy just because you know it's a practice but if it doesn't inspire you then you know it's it's just you're going to do it slower and maybe and maybe it would be better time spent if you do something else at the same time but you'd be more sort of driven with what you're doing you know because uh, in art, like the 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 more we progress with technology, the more we progress with software and hardware and, and tools that can be used to create, you know, to to make creations, artistic creations, whether it's illustration, animation, three D, whatever you really think about. There's so many tools, and and rarely these days anyone is very specific, specifically driven by one thing. Um, Rarely, you know, 
and a lot of people are actually more sort of in the uh, going towards more generalist uh, approach where you have more overall knowledge on what you what you're doing and what things are doing. Uh, and if you focus on very one thing, you're going to be great at it. Um, only if it inspires you, you know. Uh, if it doesn't inspire you, you're going to be good at it. But you could have been great about uh, on some on other things, or you could you could have been more uh, well-rounded artist because you've been following your instincts in what you're painting, you know. I'm getting like it, it's might a little controversial controversial uh, way of thinking. But, you know, from experience, like your dream project, let's say you, you, you got an offer to work on the best movie that you've ever dreamt of, right? You're going to be super stoked to do that and you'll be pushing your heart in for first month tops and then it will crush and you don't want to work on it anymore. Uh, it's pretty much granted. Uh, you will still work because you're professional, but, you know, the, the, the magic will fade away eventually. Yeah, uh, and you will be driven into doing something else, you know. Um, so do both or whatever, whatever the hell you want to do, like, you know? <laughs> yep. especially especially much. these days. Like, look at look at the uh, YouTube is a great example. Like, you have people that are driven by their inspiration and they are making career on YouTube, you know. Just posting videos about what they love to do, and because of the passion and how much, how really much they want to do it, and how yeah. much they convey the heart. Even even if it's a video about breaking eggs. Exactly right. <laughs> so, so it's like you know, just just do whatever you want, man. Just 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 do whatever you want. Just do what inspires you, and do it consistently. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. Just don't sit around and think that you're gonna do it. Just just sit down and do it. Use that inspiration. Your dreams be dreams. <laughs> exactly. All right. So uh, I found out in the chat that it actually wasn't your friend Aiden. Uh, oh my God! Sorry. <laughs> he said, "Aiden, your friend says this will not be forgotten." <laughs> but yeah. So if if you want to tackle that question too, I know Mache gave a pretty good detailed answer on it. But if you want to give yeah. your insight, just to uh actually address it that would be cool too but if you want to go on to the next one we could do that as well uh yeah let's go on to the next one okay <clears throat> so uh oop, wrong one uh let's see <laughs> oh damn <laughs> i so, didn't thought there was anybody else who would call aiden <laughs> no his name <laughs> is, is hayden with an h at the beginning ah oh, damn <laughs> i thought it was just an accent thing i wasn't catching on to um, but the next question is Vincent from Facebook is saying he'd love to know how you progressed so fast and uh, why you have the guts to show off your old work and others keep it to themselves. All right. Uh, how did I progress so fast? Uh, I don't know. If, I think it's pretty, it's pretty slow, you know, because uh, sometimes I'm thinking like how much I, I worked and how much like it. I did some some stuff right uh, in terms of like learning process. Sometimes I'm thinking I should like go faster, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, seriously, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't quite know. I don't. I don't think it's like super fast. Uh, took me it took me three three years, uh, and like I'm just working like way way more uh, than like most people. Uh, 
And also, uh, one, one thing that's like a, a bit tricky that's like thinking about it all the fucking time. That's like uh, almost like a sacrifice, you know, like you're, you're not going uh, chasing girls or like having a beer with friends. You're just, you know, thinking all the time about about work all all the time. Just trying to to like process the information I've learned like during the day. Uh, uh, like all, all the all the downtime I have, like I try to think about the stuff I I've learned previously. So yeah. And what was the other part of the question? Sorry, I got lost. Um, he wanted to know how, why you have the guts to uh, show off your old work, whereas other artists seem to keep it to themselves. Oh, uh, I don't I don't show the crap, crappiest one to be honest uh, because I have like even more crappy crappy stuff. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I was I was thinking it's it's a shame that like um, artists don't post their uh, ugly uh, work, you know. So everyone thinks that concept art is like all beautiful painting all the time. It's mm. uh, it's a bit of a shame, and I thought like. Uh, yeah, when I'm going to be pro, I'm going to to post my old stuff and my ugly stuff. And the truth is, like, not not everything, <laughs> some stuff. But yeah, mm. I don't I don't know what you what you think about that, uh, Mathieu. Uh... Trying like the <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. <laughs> Next question. No, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Oh damn! <laughs> you wanted to know about showing off all your old work, and how yeah. even if oh. it's not not the best. Yeah, no, but like, even like showing intentionally, you know, crappy stuff to like show like. Yeah, I mean, you, you as an art as an artist, you kind of build a persona, you know, like who you are, and that's maybe why a lot of people are shying away from showing, you know, work that might not be necessarily a good work, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think I still have some old paintings, or I may not have old paintings anymore. But I did, you know, I, periodically I try to show them. Yeah. Uh, I think we had even had like one of the art cafe episodes about uh, it was with Chatty and and uh, and John Sweeney, where we just going yeah. through old work and showing how shitty we were, because that's mm-hmm. the legacy that you should be proud of. You know, one yeah. thing about one one thing about growth and one thing about just being an artist in general, or being whoever you want to be in the future, if you want to have any success, you gotta fail, and you gotta fail a lot. You know, yeah. uh, you know the road. The road to success is uh, is is made of of failures that you learn from, yeah. and uh, unless you fail, then you're not learning anything. And you know that's the whole point. So if you're not proud of the fact that you failed, then then you know I don't know. Yeah, and like it, it might be. It might be, you know, this 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 idea that uh, let's say you're looking for a job, and and you know, not maybe not every not everyone out there is so, you know, progressively thinking that we realize, okay, this is something you did like five years ago, or even like even if you did it like a year ago, you know, for for some recruiters, it might be like, oh, this guy is like irregular. But oh, yeah. if they look at timeline, like no, this guy is progressing really fast. That's that's a good thing. But for some reason, they they just don't look at it that way. You know. Yeah. I'm so glad, by the way, that uh, you know the 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 environment and uh, the 
like entertainment industry is shifting right now. It's in a shift. Like it's it's moving away mm-hmm. from this very uh, very conservative uh, way of of uh, producing content. You know, right now right. if you're if you're really good at what you're if you're really good, you will find audience and you will monetize it. You know. And that's a great yeah. thing because it just makes uh, artists to become more independent. And I think everyone should be uh, thinking about it this way. Like, obviously, if you want to work for great companies and great studios and contribute for for grand things, that's one way of doing it. But if you want to be in the spot where you don't have to care about, you know, what a studio perceives your messages as as, as right or wrong, then yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and then you can. Post everything you want, it just doesn't yeah. matter. You know, just live your life. As long as you're like a respectful person, and uh, as long as you're not an asshole, and you know, you, sh- you should be fine. It's just the problem that <laughs> ask asshole assholeness filter of the internet is sometimes less conservative than uh, an assholeness filter of, of companies and, and studios. Yeah. You know, <laughs> kind of I want to apologize to the chat guy. <laughs> Just, just. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you all understand. I mean, you know, in our industry, we're like we as an artist are usually assholes to ourselves. But this is like if we know each other very well, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Hard yeah. to decipher. No, it was also it's funny because he, um, actually, I was in a lecture and he tricked questioned me with this one. So it was like. <laughs> It gotta be eaten. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I I I accept your apology myself. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you're you're yeah, you're not an asshole. It's just like it's just funny, funny thing. Um, yeah, always just, just turn out still. just turn out this. <laughs> I like the. Um, I don't know if you heard the story, but I was at um, um, IFCC in Croatia. Mm-hmm. And I saw a guy, and I thought it was uh, Anthony Jones for two hours, and I was talking to the guy, and he wasn't even black, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and well, Anthony's always, Korean. Yeah, if you didn't know, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's half Korean. Anthony Anthony Jones is a great individual, you know. I love that guy. He's, he's so funny. <laughs> he was like the entertainer of IFCC. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I heard, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's just his uh, his his way of approaching. You know, everyone is very friendly and, and very open to pretty much everyone. You know, he doesn't judge people based on like your artistic skills or you know the only judgment that he has. And I think uh, people should look at him as you know as a role model for that. Is to, you know, it will only judge you as an asshole if you're really an asshole. You know, and that's, that's how we should think about it. Um, all right, let's see if there are, we have any more questions. Yeah, we have a couple more. Uh, people in the chat, really quick before the next question, want you, Mache, to post a thread of all your old, terrible work so it can inspire them to see the progress you've made. I will. I'll, I'll post it on our cafe. Uh, maybe I'll see if I can do it today. I have a lot of work after this. But if not today, then by the end of the week for sure. I'll do it. Yeah, cool. I'll do it. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, the next question is from Mario in the chat. He says, uh, do you finish your painting even if you lose the interest in it and want to start another? Uh, it's, a, it's kind of a good question. Um, usually I try to salvage it uh, <laughs> just to post it to Facebook <laughs> sometime. Um, 
but so, sometimes I just abandoned it. Uh, but I saved the PSD for later, and I would come back to it like four months later with a bit more skill and maybe some more inspiration. Yeah. But if if it's professional work, I will like just keep at it, keep at it, and maybe redo the whole piece. But you know, gotta gotta make the client happy. Oh yeah, if it's professional work, you have to finish. Yeah, the work. you have to do it. Yeah, there's no other way eat around it. Eat that frog. It. Yeah, eat that frog. Did you read that book? No, no, but I heard about it in the art cafe. It was super interesting. Yeah, you should read it. It's 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 a really good book. And the other one I I really changed the way I think is uh, Compound Effect uh, from Darren Darren Hardy. I'm actually re rereading it again, making oh, notes cool. making notes this time because it's so good, you know. It's yeah. it's it's so obvious, like as anything, like the most yeah, obvious things. The most obvious things are, you know, the the things that actually change your life. And it might sound like when you listen to it, because I listen I listen to to audiobooks mostly, because I, you know, sitting down yeah. with a book, it's obviously better, but it just takes takes away a lot of time, and which I don't have because I have to focus on other things. But anytime I'm like in a car driving to get something, or even like sitting and working. Instead of listening to music, and most of the times so I would be listening to podcasts or, or audiobooks, and you know, it's it's really good. Like uh, it just, it, it sounds it, the way it sounds is like, almost like he's trying to sell you something, you know. But uh, it's yeah. it's just the way he talks and and how passionate he is about his yeah. ideas and and how he's trying to engage you to to be passionate and positive as well. So yeah, so that's, it's a really that's good the only book. thing I don't like too much about like uh, life hacking you know thinking hacking books it's like the, the sort of tone of writing is like yeah I'm going to change your life <laughs> it's like alright <laughs> it does it does this trick of like this is gonna change your life but the problem is most like the, the life hacking books uh, usually have, start with this book will change your life in, in seven 30, days in seven days you'll be yeah. shredded <laughs> no <laughs> Because I'm reading two other books at the same time. <laughs> uh, you obviously have to take everything with a grain of salt, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but this one, this one, the reason I really like it is just because it emphasizes that exactly this way of thinking that you can change something overnight is 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 not a way to go. You know, uh, it's it's yeah. totally wrong approach, and the only approach that that works and I can say it, it at least works for me and always worked if I look retrospectively at you know what I've done with my life is small changes that you implement daily and, and be consistent with them uh, they will be they will compound over time and yeah. that's 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 basically the idea you know maybe if, like for everyone who who's, who's who's who decided to join the art cafe group and and do the same thing as I do, which is building a new habit of just drawing every day. Like I do draw every day. Like that's my work. I do draw my own stuff, uh, whether it's a showtime or whether I'm doing my own images for myself, you know, or personal work. I do draw every day, but I never draw with uh, with pencils, and I've never been drawing with pencils or pens. And I figured I'm gonna tackle my demons that way, and it, just make a small commitment that's not really taking away. Too much of my day, you know, uh, and I, I promise myself, you know, it's not much to ask for if I spend 15 to 20 minutes a day right before bed to draw something in a sketchbook, you know, 
And yeah. w the effect it has on me is like I already see that my the way I handle lines or the way I handle ink itself, I'm less scared of it. Like I, I'm not uh, not looking at Control Z anymore. Where it is? Yeah, it's funny because like your drawing is like, you know how many times I was leaving sketchbook on the desk and like I gotta save my work. You know, I'm like, yeah. what am I talking about? It's already there. <laughs> um, but it's just this, you know, it's it's a small commitment to do it. Like I, I even made it super easy on myself. Like I will do it every one, every night or two. Like just just because of one night, I might not be, you know, inspired or whatever, whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. And I still, I, I'm, I had moments where I didn't want it, you know. <laughs> I forced myself, but I also had moments where I, instead of sitting twenty minutes, I would sit for four hours straight and have like zero sleep, you know. Yeah, because uh, it was so inspiring, and I can see I can see that months from now it's gonna have a big change because it just creates this uh, this habit. It creates this this uh, this approach that uh, you know uh, something uh, done uh, repeatedly over time will, will will yield good positive effects uh, yeah. on your life or your skill le skill level. So I, I expect that you know maybe a year or two from now I'll be you know much better with ink. Um, but what this book is uh, actually saying additionally is that because you're over time you see you see those effects happening like you see it's actually positively changing your skills you know you feel more happier and more satisfied with doing that and also because you feel more satisfied you, you feel more motivated and that motivation is actually rippling has ripple effects on everything else that you do and it's just creating this it's compounding on the, your whole life so that's like the philosophy of the book and you know nice. I, I can say like I agree at least 80-90% with it because it's like humans, right? When you talk with people, if you talk with negative people, you feel shitty. Like you, mm. you don't want to do it. Like you, you, lose, uh, you lose your drive to do something uh, right after. But if you imagine like what was your – like did you listen, listen to like uh, the collective podcast with uh, Ash and, and Vitaly for instance? Like uh, if you lose no. – Okay. You should like if you listen to that. Just because Vitaly is such a you know prolific and, and positive person, and he's so oh, yeah, you want to do more. He's such an inspiration. That you look, he's like you hear him, and you're like, holy shit, that guy's amazing, you know. Yeah. And that alone just gives you so much positive energy that you want to do something right after, like whatever that is, yeah. you know. And then you should. Yeah, totally, totally the same. You know? yeah. So that's why, yeah, that's why. I'm, I, I don't. I, I forgot what was, the, what was the question. We kind of derailed. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think it's a it's a good answer. I mean, I, I hope we answered the question. Um, we can move on to the next one. Yeah. Which is, so, Chobanu. I hope is how you pronounce their name from the chat. Says, <clears throat> um, what do you think is better while studying? Studying every day, or studying different subjects every day, or sticking to one subject for a longer period of time, like say two weeks, and then go to something else. Hmm. Mache, you go first, or I go first? No, you're you're the guest. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I don't. Uh, thing is, I don't do uh, much study. Uh, Actually, <laughs> I don't. I, I really should, I think, but 
I don't, I don't, I don't do any study in, you know, in the traditional sense of like, I take a photo and try to copy it. Uh, like, instead I went more, you know, looking for uh, theoretical uh, knowledge. So I guess I don't, I don't like study in the traditional sense, but to answer the question, it's more, um, what I usually do is like prepare the three days. I concentrate on like one, one topic, like learning this free program, learning, I kind of do everything by mini project. Like there is like one thing I want to do. And then I, I talk all like everything I need to know to, in order to make it, uh, you know, good or at least better that, uh, good enough for the time. You know, so yeah, like by, by periods of like two, three days, different subjects. Yeah. I, if I can add anything is, uh, you know, Focusing on, on specific things, uh, you know, as long as they inspire you, it's, it's, it's a good idea. Also, like it, to kind of counter my own my own uh, my own point that I made prior to this question is, you know, that you should do whatever inspires you. You should yeah, also like, yeah, have fun. But it was, yeah. you, I mean, let's say um, there there are obviously basic things that you need to learn, like. Foundations and, and whatnot, and let's say let's imagine let's imagine this situation where, say you want to really be good at three D modeling, right? You want to be able to, or let's say like you want to be good at ZBrush, for instance, and you want to be able to do something that really inspires you, which are which are creatures, right? Uh, so, in order to get that going, you have to go through. In in most cases, you kind of have to go through like a basic curricula to get the, the better understanding on how tools work and the only the only twist that I would add there is like as, as you're learning how to uh, how to sculpt uh, you know something that doesn't it's not really interesting for you and you're learning that how tools work as soon as you learn something it's like taking notes from a book right you learn something new and then you apply to your own work uh, yeah. So let's say you learn you learn how to use Dynamesh, then you just start you know playing around with it. Maybe nothing uh, nothing great gonna come out of it, but just because you're having fun with it and you already know what this tool does, like how Dynamesh works, you know, yeah, or maybe how uh, uh, H polish works in you know as a brush or or how uh, polygroups work. Just just knowing those uh, those things, you already can apply it to. Your own work and experiment, and see where you at. And if you have technical issues, yeah. and you go back to curricula, okay, I have to really go through this uh, subject again. And as soon as you're done, okay, let's 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 get back and do the stuff that I love to do. You know, yeah. So. Yeah, I think like I, I I totally agree with the experimenting thing. Like if you're having fun and you create an experiment based on the technique that you just learned, or even on the you know, the fundamental principle that you just learned, for example, if it's perspective, you just sketch a bunch of fun stuff, you know, using perspective. And then, you know, if you if you really, like, understood the fundamental and then apply it, it's going to stick way better in your brain. Right. Because of the fun and because you associated basically one picture to one technique or to one thinking principle. Yep. Yeah. Totally agree. Let's have one more question uh, and then we could wrap it up. 
Okay, um, so Jeremy in the chat asks, what can you advise to a person who's living in a country where art isn't recognized as a profession, specifically concept art? Um, well, depend like who's not recognizing it. If it's if it's your parents uh, and your parents have expectations, you know, um, then it's it's a little, it's it's probably more harder to do. But yeah. um, Aflam, you 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 can probably tell something about it too because. Well, I don't know your your actual personal story, but uh, you know, I feel I feel like European countries, and especially especially European countries, are pretty much very aligned to how they think about art. Yeah. Um, well, I, I live in France, which is uh, in Europe, but still, I think there is like a, a tiny art community. Basically, like in France, um, like the whole like if you if you for example if you draw. The only thing that people connect with you uh, drawing as a profession is like a graphic novel uh, artist and uh, in a bande dessinée in French. And uh, I mean, it's like sort of like European comic book, uh, you know, like a right. French uh, yeah, version. Yeah. And like the, these guys are amazing, but they are so broke and miserable, most of them in France is is terrible. It's really terrible. So like the fact of you drawing in, in France, like most of the time, people associate you to basically like uh, guys uh, 40 years old, uh, depressive, but making an awesome work and for no money. And yeah, that's like in France. Um, but I mean, um, like personally, my parents were like super supportive, uh, always mm -hmm. like whatever I wanted to do. Like as long as you do it 100% and you're really dedicated, you know, they say, yeah, do it. So but, um, what would you suggest for, for like someone who doesn't have that support? Because obviously there's going to be a, well, quite yeah. a lot of people that don't, you know? Yeah. Um, like I would say, I don't know, like maybe try like as soon as possible to convince the people in your entourage that are going to, you know, like alter, maybe if you're younger, for example, like take decisions for you. I mean, like for your orientation, like if you're super young, like most of the time it's your parent almost that like kind of influence you to you know do this oh you need to go to the university or you need to do this or this or this try to convince them as soon as possible that you can like that you know the industry that you know like what it is and how to make money out of it it's like just you know kind of reassuring the people in your entourage i guess yeah if i can add to that it's like if, if it's your parents right and if you've re you know if you don't have a uh, opportunity to sort of like say, well, I don't have to listen to this and and do whatever whatever you want to do, uh, and obviously you're more sort of, uh, you know, you you kind of have to listen to what they're saying as long as you want to stay, you know, in the household, yeah, and have <laughs> and have food before you start actually making money, is you know, try to kind of balance it with their expectations. Just like put enough time to make them satisfied with their expectations, you know, um, but then be really focused and, and put all of your energy to what you really love to do, you know. Um, again, it's, it's, it, all, all of this depends on perspective because this advice can be really helpful for some and really hurtful for, 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 for others, you know. Um, it doesn't work the same for everyone, so it's kind of like hard to give advice on that front. I can tell you one thing from my experience is that my 
parents uh, never were were never supportive to what I did what I did and I was uh, risen in this idea that I have to go to university and have like a good degree and that based on that good degree I'll have a job you know and we we oh, all yeah. know yeah. we all know this doesn't work unless you're born in privileged uh, household that you know you can get uh, to better schools because you can afford better schools uh, or you can have job because your household is already holding the business that will and connections that will help you to get those jobs you know mm. but artists don't think that way i don't think art people that are interested in art are going to do art because they're privileged to do it you know it's yeah, more no. about the drive that you have to create so you have to follow that drive if you're really serious about being an artist uh you know it's not a, it's not only that you you argue that you want to be an artist, you have to own it. You have to really work hard to prove to yourself and to everyone else uh, that you own it and you, you're going to get there. I, but that's in regards to family. When it comes to friends, if you have friends that are telling you, well, you're going to be broke and you should stop because, you know, you're an idiot. Well, let's say fuck you to those guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you even yeah, hang don't, out don't with waste, people? Don't waste your time. Yeah. Don't waste your time with, with negative people. Like, if someone is telling you that you're never going to make it, it's because they're too scared that you will. Yeah, like, and seriously. too scared to even start. Uh, they, they're the never going to make anything for themselves. So out of spite, they will just make sure that you never make it either, you know? That's yeah. one thing about Eat That Frog is, you know... Uh, it had this uh, uh, it it had this notion of like surrounding yourself with like-minded people and people that are having positive effect on your life because if someone is positive around you you're gonna be more inclined to have positive thinking too. If you're not if you're only gonna have negative people around you, it's just gonna drain your energy that you could otherwise spend creating. Um, and if you have someone who's just saying it straight to the to the face like oh you're never gonna make it, it's just because that person will never make it. Or yeah. <laughs> if that person, if that person is somewhat successful in something else, the only reason is, is that person is telling you that you're never gonna make it is just to make you feel shitty because it's a yeah, all the, all the jealousy also. Yeah, because that person is an asshole, and that's it. Yeah, just just don't hang out with people that that you know try to uh, you know get you down and uh, try to get you to the their level of thinking. Just be above and beyond and. And you know, focus on what you love to do, and you'll find people that are like-minded, and you'll find them to be way better to hang out with because you know they will have the same drive to what you do, and they will be inspiring, and and you know, you can inspire each other, and and you know, and do better job that way. Yep. I I just I I you know I had a lot of people that told me that you're never gonna make it, and I just like well. I'll I'll show you. Well, I I will show you, and then I would stop talking to them because well, <laughs> yeah. I don't need yeah. I don't need negativity in my life. Yeah. Especially like you know, the more you get into this, the more you create. You know, it's like it's like this compounding effect. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> everything. Yeah, it's everything is just gonna be in in like falling like all the pieces are gonna be falling into place, and you will find yourself that you want to do more because you're gonna be so you know, encouraged to, to create, you're going to want to do more than you have time for. And you'll find yeah. <laughs> like every hour 
you want to spend on creation, right? And yeah, and then you play a game for one hour, and you're like, oh, what the <laughs> fuck? What did I do? No. <laughs> and then you realize that if someone is having a negative effect, and and you you lose even just half an hour because that person was negative, and you were thinking about it, that means you're just wasting time you don't have, you know. Yeah. So I would say, for if there are people that are, you know, in your entourage that are trying to, you know, be negative about you, what you want to do, just well, stop hanging out with them. Find someone who's who who really will be positive about what you're doing, whatever that is. You know, it's you, it's your life. It, you're not it, you. You aren't supposed to uh, cave into someone else's demands. You know, because they think better. They don't. Yeah. They don't know better. They don't have your yeah. perspective. You like know? They, they don't have a super cool career, and that's why they are telling you you're not going to make it because they didn't make it easier. Yeah, and they are too lazy to move their ass of the chair and and actually do something about their lives. So it's better to just complain and say. Yeah, and yeah. and also, like I would, I would be able to say, like you know, like who who do you listen to? You know, you do you listen to like your your parents or your entourage who know nothing about the industry, or you you know you. You uh, listen to like uh, what the industry says, or like industry professional says. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, that was a good one. Uh, we're yeah. gonna wrap it up right now. We, okay. I, I plan to do it about an hour. Um, you know, an hour twenty-five. We always go over overboard. <laughs> um, my idea for the future is like uh, doing those uh, podcasts uh, or live streams a little shorter but more frequent. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, as always, uh, please uh, post your comments uh, and, and your ideas about what you would like to hear about next. Um, I always make sure that we have some cool guests and uh, and and uh, under under this video, like after this, uh, post, your, post in the YouTube comments, like what, what are the topics that are uh, most interesting to you. And uh, me and Andrew will pick the you know the most interesting topics uh, that you guys want to hear about, and then you know align with with uh, with guests that we feel you know match the best to to have that discussion. Uh, next one we're having is going to be on September first with uh, co-founder of Digital Domains Scott Ross. Scott Ross. God damn, <laughs> that's gonna be a good one. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. It's, he's such a he's such a great mind. Um, I love to I would love to hear uh, you know even if he even if he's gonna say the same things that I've already heard, I want to hear it again because it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> one on one. <laughs> this yeah, time. yeah. It's gonna be amazing. So, anyways, uh, for everyone who joined us live, thanks a lot. For everyone who is listening to it uh, afterwards, thanks for sitting with us for last. <laughs> Over 90 minutes. It's awesome. You you made it. Uh, I really, we really appreciate all support. Uh, feel free to subscribe to our channel and otherwise, you know, have a great rest of the day or night, depending on where you're listening from. And peace.